0: Hello and welcome to episode two of "High Character. We are going to be recapping UMass's fantastic four to three win in Lowell. We were in the building, felt amazing. Evan, how you doing, man?
1: We're feeling good. This is definitely a different note than the first episode I feel like. Um, feeling good? A little tired from the shoveling, obviously, after uh, Winter Storm Bobby both shook the Mullen Center and most of the Northeast.. <laughs> mm. We're here, ready to talk some UMass puck. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's get started.
0: Yeah, like I said, Evan and I were in the building today. Uh, not as many fans as we come to expect from away games at Lowell, if I'm being honest, but it was a Sunday afternoon, the big snowstorm. Uh, it was pretty hard for us to just get there today, but uh, I guess to preface before any of the game stuff, we found out that Lowell was doing a Mothership laptop sticker giveaway. I don't know how much we want to want to talk about that. Kind of, kind of weird.
1: I don't really. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to kind of go off the whole flagship thing because, like, I don't know. Maybe we can post an image or something on our Twitters like when we post this episode out. But like, it's basically like them planting a flag over what should be Amherst, but <laughs> according to you, it's more like Granby. Like they just don't actually yeah. understand Massachusetts geography, but. That, that, that seems to become, you know, we can kind of expect that a little bit from the little brother. <laughs> UMass Lowell probably isn't as fire in the academics department as UMass Amherst, but that's probably a story for another time.
0: Yeah, and uh, so this was our our fourth time going to the Songus Center. Um, kind of fought some demons there. They lost the last three that we've been in person and just the UMass team as a whole uh, before the no fans uh, 2020 2021 season hadn't won there in ten years, so obviously uh, a tough task to go into Lowell already coming off of a couple losses. But um they did get the job done. I guess we'll just jump right into it and go to the first period. And uh, it it started in a way which was familiar for for UMass playing at Saugus Center. Andre Lee scoring less than two minutes into the game. I don't know if you have anything on that goal. I just it was. Quick. And I mean, did from, not feel from what I
1: remember, it was basically just a case of dump and chase hockey, like Lowell. And I mean, i probably touch upon this point later on, but they they're a very physical team. They play very well down low, like in the corners. They're really good at grinding out, you know, puck battles in those corners. And that first goal wasn't really any different from how we would expect them to play. Like they kind of just get the puck out in the corner, toss it out front. Lee kind of just splits the two demon and tucks at home. Like Murray was moving laterally, like I think it was left to right, and he just snuck it five hole on him. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, Andre Lee is a good player, but I I cannot stand the guy. He's like he would be he would be a guy that I like if if he was on UMass, like really chippy, kind of kinda like Bobby. Imagine if Bobby was twice the size that he currently is. <laughs> that's that's essentially what you would get out of out of Andre Lee, but yeah, it it was a tough pill to swallow early on and I'm not going to lie, it got me a little nervous, especially like that that kind of seemed like the game where you really need to start on a high note, you know, away game, crappy weather, like you're getting there, you know, they probably got there on the bus like at 11, 11:30 or something like that. Like they they needed to come out all on all cylinders and that's not a good way to start out the game in my opinion.
0: Right, it definitely felt like a oh, here we go again kind of mm-hmm. moment. Um but uh Mercury he, uh, he answered right away, three minutes into the first period, a little little backhand goal that I think that fucked it off of a defender's leg into the goal. Hey, whatever whatever we need to do, some greasy goals, it tied
1: it up, and that was a big, big morality booster, I think, going forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I don't know if that was kind of part of our game plan going in, but in, in my opinion, it's kind of always a case where you just got to get pucks into that danger area, like right in front of the net, because... It doesn't even have to necessarily be a skill play, you know. If it just deflects off somebody, good things are going to happen, and that's basically what happened for Mercury there.
0: I'm not sure yeah, if you yeah. can
1: take all the credit on that goal, but I mean, hey, they all count the same, so can't complain. Exactly, and I think it definitely
0: definitely does a lot for the team after being kind of really pressed to score on Friday and not getting the job done. No, no bounces really seem to go their way, so it's definitely big to see a bounce like that go in. Uh, after that, I thought that. Lowell kind of put on a clinic uh in the first period definitely had a lot of offensive zone pressure there were seemed like multiple shifts that lasted uh two three minutes they were just cycling players cycling the puck never really high high quality chances but they definitely seemed like they turned the pressure up on us in the first
1: yeah I mean I honestly you couldn't have said it better I really don't have much to elaborate on that I mean it was just a case of cycling the puck over and over and over again and then it's. It, I guess it's not a bad thing if they do have possession like that, but as long as it doesn't amount to anything, but it really can wear down the guys over the course of the game, and that was one of my main worries was that if we fall into this trap of constantly playing on the back foot like that, then we're going to get screwed. You know, chance after chance after chance, but we cleaned it up towards the end. So it's a good, right. it's a good look. Surprisingly enough, no. Uh, yeah, no real chance came from that, and then
0: uh, Lowell scored Lucas Condada at uh, 15 minutes into the first. It was uh definitely ruffled some feathers on umass twitter the the pass from the low defensive zone to the blue line that did look a lot like offsides in person i know that the the camera quality doesn't really show a great view uh but uh yeah it looked like the from what we were at the game but the highlights i've seen look like the game was filmed on a potato for Lowell. You Can't can't really get a great view on it, but uh, the call does stand. They look at it for about five minutes, uh, which which led to the period just being really long and
1: kind of took the kind of took the wind out of the game and made the the pace a lot slower. Yeah, I mean, we can kind of sit here and harp on that questionable call, but at the same time, like UMass. You- uh, the way I would call it was literally parting the maroon sea, if you will. Like you just mm-hmm. y- you can't allow that to happen. Just a long stretch pass like that. Like it was a good vision by the defenseman to 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 see that sort of pass and make it. But we we got to be better there. Like regardless of how you know, if if we're gonna play a game of millimeters like that, we 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 have to be able to trust the refs to make the decision. But I mean, ideally, you just don't want that to happen to begin with. Absolutely, and I think it was definitely
0: amplified by. Uh, certain calls that we'll talk about that happen later in the game, but um, yeah, if we if we had lost this game by one, we this would be a much different podcast. The vibes would be much different, but luckily we don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah, like I said, some some of those bad breaks just don't go your way, especially in hockey East with the the referees. But you just gotta take what you can get, and uh, yeah, the period closed out at two to one, and uh, yeah, I guess we can go on to the second. Uh, pretty quickly we got what we thought was uh another greasy goal from taylor mccarr yeah if you want to if you want to talk about that yeah
1: that's kind of yeah i mean i was going to kind of say that this wasn't an official goal but i i've seen a couple of videos since i since we left the game and there's multiple angles of basically just a puck going out in front i think the the goalie kind of lost his balance a little bit i think it was own saver he kind of just loses his balance since falling backwards and he kind of tries to corral the puck with a stick and kind of bring it back closer to his body to just cover it. And as he's bringing it back towards him, Taylor with a really high work rate play is just out here, crashing the net, like he should be. And essentially just taps the puck into the net. Like there really wasn't a whole lot of contact. Like I was thinking like, maybe you could be a case of him like trying to jam the puck in and he gets the goalie's pad or something. I'm not seeing any of that. Like I genuinely have no idea where the, the cancellation of the goal really comes from, but I don't know. Maybe you saw something, can that I didn't? Yeah, I didn't really see anything that would warrant taking the goal away. I mean, they
0: they called a goal on the ice. Um, another another instance where it was about a five minute delay and really took the air out of the sails. But uh, yeah, they do come back and say no goal. I I don't really have anything on that. I know a lot of UMass fans on Twitter were very upset after this, uh, combined with the the non offside call call in the first period. But uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we noticed. We noticed in the arena on Carvel, he uh, was very unhappy with a lot of these calls. Even seemed to have to lean down or take a take a seat near the third with how uh, how things were going for UMass. But uh, I think this definitely got them going later in the second. It seems like UMass took control in the second and had a lot of pressure. It started to get frustrating uh, with the ch- with all the chances we were getting with no goals. But uh, finally, Bobby, our captain, comes through uh puts one through on the power play uh again we talked a lot about bobby on the last podcast but just just does so many things right the big things the little things you just you see it every day and it's really fun to watch
1: yeah 100 i mean and i think it's a i'm not sure if you mentioned it but it was a power play goal and that kind of i was going to touch upon the penalties in this game like if you were to check out the box score right now there's a pretty clear divide on where 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 the whistles went for one team and went for the other like the first three penalties of the game were all against Lowell then we had in a hooking and an embellishment call um actually well technically it was two Lowell penalties and an embellishment call for for UMass all go at the same time and after that moment which was there's about five minutes left in the second period every single penalty went to UMass after that and yeah that, that-
0: that Bobby call was the last UMass power play of the game, which it does. The, the penalty summary does look pretty funny on the stat sheet. Yeah, uh, with that, but yeah, d- that was a uh, definitely a rewarding goal, one of the better feeling goals lately. Uh, just with all the pressure that we had, UMass really dominated the the second period, uh, and then I think you mentioned it at the game. It seems like UMass's power play of late. They, uh, I'm not sure if it's just today, but. Seems to be very, very point dominated. Uh, we've seen we've seen all kinds of power play tactics from UMass uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, but this one seemed to be a lot of point passes and kind of just tossing it on that. I don't know if you had anything on that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, just to clarify for those that might be a little bit uninitiated, by point, you mean like, you know, blue line area, like obviously not like points, meaning like goals and assists, but yeah. Yeah. Just, just, yeah, to make sure, really- just for the audience to know. <laughs>
0: Usually in in UMass's case, I noticed on the power play it was two D men and then Bobby cycling up.
1: Yeah, just so keeping the puck kind of along the blue line. Yeah, that that definitely happened a lot tonight. Like for example, I mean, if we can remember, I'm gonna probably have my years mixed up here, but it might have been 2017, 2018, whatever year we had Pritchard, um, mm-hmm. Jacob Pritchard, notable UMass alum. Um, yeah, I think that was 1819. It was okay, so it was 18-19. So I remember that season a lot of our power play was dominated kind of by him. Like he would set up below, like you know, almost behind the net essentially, and would kind of cycle the play behind the net, you know, either rim it around the boards to get it up to the point. But I remember a lot of our goals were generated by him having the puck behind the net he would kind of do this weird little spin thing, basically kind of like what Scott Morrow does up along the point now. But he would kind of do a little backhand sauce pass towards the high slot. And whoever was sitting there in the high slot, I couldn't even tell you any names at this point. It could have been Oliver Chow for all we know. Hope he's doing Leonard well. Leonard was big in that spot. Leonard was definitely – yeah, that's a really good uh, really good point there. But, um, yeah, like that was kind of a thing that we did a lot in the Carvel power play back in the day. But it seems like we're kind of – again, this could be a game plan thing specifically for Lowell. But mm-hmm. – we really haven't been doing a lot of down low stuff. And I mean, right off the top of my head, I would assume that's because, you know, kind of like how I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, like they're a very gritty team down low. They tend to win a lot of puck battles. They have really big bodies. So it could have been a genius Carvel idea. Like it it worked, you know what I mean? So. Right. I do think it's worth noting. we we have seen less of the,
0: the triangle offense specifically on the power play this year, but yeah, that, uh, I think is definitely the game plan to go to against Lowell. Like you said, a gritty team. And uh, I think UMass was very happy to score, to score that one on the power play and finish off the period with a tie game. Um, there was a penalty that carried over from the second, a tie farmer boarding call that. Uh, so we started the third on a power on a penalty kill. And then there was an immediate uh, goaltender interference call on Reed Lebster. Both of those uh, I from from where where I was, the farmer penalty seemed somewhat warranted. The the Lebster goalie interference was the goalie went down pretty easy, I thought. But uh Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It wasn't it wasn't an ideal start to the third just going on two penalty kills like that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, again, later on in the game, we're going to, we're probably going to highlight a pretty, pretty big penalty that was definitely worrisome towards the end of the game. But again, like I said, we can, we can go over that a little bit later, but yeah, penalties our our discipline in the third period was a little suspect. Um, I'm kind of surprised it didn't play a much bigger role. I mean, I guess it kind of did with the, with the goal that you'll probably end up discussing right about now, but yeah, discipline in the third period was a little suspect. Um, we definitely need to clean that up if we want to be a powerhouse moving forward.
0: Yeah, like you said, the uh, very, very weird penalty call uh, about halfway through the third. Uh, it ended up being a roughing call on Garrett Waite. And I think everybody in the arena besides the referees was faked out on this one because the, the referee's arm went up. UMass had the puck for about 10 seconds after that. Even Murray even skated to the bench like there was a the delayed penalty on Lowell. And uh, at some point the refs just decided, hey, let's let's blow the whistle here and put this one dead. So I I I don't know what happened there. I honestly am thinking of it from the perspective of we should be we should feel lucky that Lowell didn't take the puck there and just skate down to our empty net. But uh, yeah yeah, that, that that call ended up being roughing on Garrett Waite and it led to Lowell's go-ahead power play goal with about nine minutes left
1: yeah i mean really unfortunate circumstance you, you kind of brought up a good point i didn't even think about that like imagine if lowell did somehow just kind of yeet and you know an empty net goal like just out of nowhere on that like that would have been i think uh <laughs> would have definitely caused an uproar in the umass twitter community and i mean probably just in general like you, you would figure that you'd kind of have to hold people accountable for that one like that's a pretty egregious error if that were to happen granted luckily it didn't but that'd be a pretty funny hypothetical I'd say.
0: Right and yeah, like I said, immediately the power play ended up in a Matt Crossa goal, and uh, vibes were were not great at that moment. But um, a couple minutes later, UMass really started to push on, put on the pressure, and that's when a lot of the fun started for us. Um, with about six minutes left in the game, Taylor McCarr, his first ever UMass goal, puts it five hole um, on Savory, and that that one really felt good. You could, tell, you could tell it was a big, big load off his shoulders. It seems like he's had a lot of pressure on him to start his young career. But yeah, that one definitely had to feel good tying the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, one, one could make the argument that the, the weight was kind of already off of his shoulders after allegedly scoring that first one back in the second period. <laughs> <year. laughs> but um, yeah, for it to actually count this time without a doubt, I mean, he must be feeling great. Like you could kind of tell after he got that first questionable goal, like he, he felt a lot more free. You know, he was making, he was making a bit more of a, I wouldn't say more of an effort, but he was, he was trying a couple more things. Like, you know, he was skating a bit faster. He was trying to make a couple of, a couple cool plays. You know, he really felt like he was kind of being unchained a little bit, you know, like he, he, he got, he kind of gained this sort of confidence where like before it was kind of the case of like, all right, coach is putting me in, you know, third line. I gotta, I gotta make a big, you know, good impression. And then, you know, he starts playing well and he just thinks, you know, like, yeah, you know, this is, this is really working out for me. I'm going to, you know, try and try and build upon what i've already done this game and it, it he got rewarded obviously <laughs> it, it, was, right. it, it was a pretty solid goal i mean from what i remember he kind of just picked up a loose puck and he was kind of just skating across like basically across the slot and he kind of just said yeah i'll put it low maybe get a rebound or something goalie just wasn't ready for it it just slipped five hole i'm pretty sure yeah. so good goal from him i mean you got to put it on net to make chances happen you know they don't always have to be the pretty snipes crazy nice goals but Got it on net, forced the goalie to try and make a save, and goalie screwed up. <laughs> like Exactly. Good. Yeah, and uh, possibly more on Taylor a little bit later.
0: But, um, yeah, after that goal happened, rest of the game, all UMass, uh, really good chances next couple minutes. And then, uh, finally, the, the dominance that is Scott Morrow um, comes in with a little toe drag. Uh, takes a shot on the goalie, uh, perfect rebound right to him, and he nets what ends up being the game-winning goal um, to make it 4-3 UMass and that one. That one really felt good.
1: Yeah, everybody exploded after that goal. I mean, like, there was kind of – I remember, like, from where we were sitting, like, basically neutral or center ice, like, you kind of see him cutting inside, like, a, like a, like along our side, and he, he beats his man. Like, he makes a nice little move. It might have been, like, a little boards pass to himself or something, I don't remember, but – you see him kind of beat his man you're like okay wait a second odd man rush like this is this is huge and you're thinking like he's gonna pass it across he's gonna take it himself he kind of does a little little shimmy move little toe drag thing and to be fair shoots it basically right at the goalie's chest like mm-hmm. if if savory had done a little bit better there he probably could have that puck you know maybe get a get a face off going but again put shots on net you see what happens big rebound and again with with scott morrow's kind of I don't know what the proper, I guess, descriptor would be, but just his skating is just unbelievable. Like, he might not have that crazy top-end speed, but his shiftiness and his agility is just second to none. Like, right. kind of reminds you of Kale. This might be a bit of a long shot, but <laughs> he might not have the raw, the, the raw speed of Kale, but his ability to make to make little quick cuts, very similar to Trevino, in my opinion. Like, right. it's just that playmaking ability where he just he can always just explode, make a quick cut, make a good play and again rewarded you know like it, it was basically an open net at that point because nobody mm. was able to keep up with his quick moves and he just I think he roofed it it might it might have went yeah like pop the bottle like <laughs> I don't even know right I think that
0: I think that's somewhat of a testament to how much pressure UMass was putting on in those final few minutes and then uh yeah on Morrow just I noticed it's starting to become his signature the uh the little spin move it wasn't he didn't break it out for this goal but we see it multiple times every game, his little spin move to get past the guy. It's, it's really fun to watch, honestly.
1: He, I want to say he did it at least three or four times. And just because, again, it's especially good on the power play, I feel like, because when we were mm-hmm. talking about before, like that sort of defense, you know, blue line dominated power play style that we're kind of rolling with currently, you know, just being able to kind of make those quick spin moves and cut to the outside like that, it opens up so much space for people to cut through like towards the middle of the ice. And he can we've seen his ability to pass, you know, he has great vision. He can sauce the puck like nobody else. Like, he, if you're open, he will find you, and he just needs to make that little bit of space, and that spin move creates so much space. It's unbelievable. Right.
0: Yeah, and that, uh, that it, like we said, ended up being a game-winning goal. UMass wins four to three. Uh, just a great, great come-from-behind victory. We've had a lot of those this season working from behind and uh, really takes a lot of the a lot of the weight off of those Questionable calls that we mentioned earlier. I think the conversation would be a lot different. And this game ended up going to overtime, or we ended up losing. But uh, yeah, UMass uh, dips into that character that we like to talk about and gets this one four to three in Lowell for just the second time in
1: ten years, and for the first time in ten years with fans. So
0: that's just great.
1: It's it's interesting to note, and I mean, because we're talking about high character, you know, this the ability to kind of bounce back from adversity. This team has done that so much this season. Like there have been so many games where we've been down, you know, one or two goals, even going into the third period. You know, like we've been down quite a few times and we're just thinking, you know, how can we pull out a win here? And all of those games where that happens, we've managed to find a way to get a win. And I mean, it's both a good thing and a bad thing, in my opinion. Like, obviously, great thing to get a win. Great. You know, it's always good to be a great third period team, you know, whether that's just through sheer work rate, you know, like we just dig deep in that third period and make plays or if it's coaching adjustments, you know, Carvel gets two periods on the opponent and says, all right, here's how we make adjustments and win the game. But like I I do kind of want to see us open up a bit better, at least from looking at the past few games, like it's usually a case where we're down early and we come back. And I mean, as a fan, comeback wins are always great but if you really want to win a natty I feel like you got to be able to dominate games and it it kind of gets to the point where I feel like sometimes we're not dominating games like we should be and I mean it's it's not a kid like I'm not crapping on the team at all I love the fact that we're pulling out wins you know high character and all that type of stuff but I do want to see us play a little bit better in the first and second periods going forward at least
0: right I think you I think you make a great point there I uh I've been looking forward to the schedule a little bit to some of the, some of the easier hockey East opponents. And I think, uh, I think it'd be a great for UMass to, to start working on that, to start start uh, getting earlier leads, just kind of add add some confidence uh, in the early parts of the game. Cause like you said, a lot of these games have been very stressful and the payoff is huge for that. Obviously team morale, uh, fan experience, that kind of thing. But uh I just don't want it to get to a point where you kind of see that, that stress weighing on the team and Carvel, especially. We thought we might've seen it with Carvel in the third period (laughs) a little bit. Definitely. uh, I think he was, he was very stressed out to get, I mean, this is a huge win. Like having lost the last two games, if we won this game, they'd be up seven points on us in the hockey East standings. Whereas now they're only up one point on us uh, with, like I said, like the schedule we have going forward. So obviously huge game and just, huge to come out with a win fully agreed cool all right this is definitely time to move into the awards I think sure yeah so uh uh if you listen to our first episode you know we have uh three awards so the first episode the first award that we give out on high character is Carvel's character and compete award uh which we have to give to Taylor McCarr today I think he really dug deep uh showed a lot of character got his first UMass goal I think it was just just a great day
1: for him. It's really happy to see the smiles on his face. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think him being rewarded with a goal today has been – it's going to be big for his confidence. I think earlier on in the season when he was playing games, you know, when we were pretty injured and there were just guys that weren't really performing and Carvel just wanted to shake things up. I mean, he showed flashes. You know, there was definitely good good looks in his game. You know, he showed some speed. He showed some soft hands. But at the same time, he – pretty mistake prone you know he would miss pucks every now and then but like you know that there was something inside that says you know like he can really be a big time playmaker there's definitely mm-hmm. glimpse of that of that in his game you know big body and he skates pretty well for having such a large you know stature you know he's like 6'3 i think maybe 200 pounds pretty big guy and also to show soft hands you know it's you know you sometimes I feel like larger players tend to get pigeonholed into this like power forward type of role. Mm -hmm. They just say, you got to stand out in front of the net, get tips, play hard in the corners and do your job. Like I feel like there's more to his game than that. And it kind of showed a little bit tonight. I think he played really well. Right. I think, I think you make a great point there. Uh, We've seen throughout
0: the season, Taylor kind of get some weird playing time. He, he played most of the games to start the year. Uh, Lately he hasn't hasn't played as much. Uh, he wasn't in the lineup the last, last few games. And I think you, you say he might've been pigeonholed into that role. I think he, I think he definitely was uh, you saw in the very beginning of the season, it seemed like they almost wanted to use, maybe they didn't want him to be used as that. Maybe he just accepted that role, but it seems like he was used somewhat of an enforcer. Um, just the big body seemed uh, to be out every time he was out there, make a big hit. He got a couple penalties called for him for for that kind of play style but yeah i think i think there's definitely more to his game that's definitely untapped still and we we saw a little bit
1: of it today yeah i'm just really hoping he can kind of use this as a confidence boost and kind of expand on you know his his game tonight and really make a couple more plays in the future and play yeah. well in the su- subsequent games
0: yeah completely agree with you there our uh, so our second award that we give out is the nice Dry umass award um We don't enjoy giving this one out, obviously, and it's uh, definitely a lot harder in a win. Um, We won't have one for for every win. If we like sometimes we'll nobody will uh, really get on our um, our list as like a bad performance. But uh, I think I think we could both agree today that uh, Matt Kessel could have used a little bit more improvement. I think we saw uh, a lot of kind of a lot of guys skate by him. A lot of guys get around him. A few pucks got past in That uh, you really don't want getting past your defender in a in a big spot. And uh, there was a penalty too, which um, if you want to go more into depth on that,
1: yeah, I mean, just to kind of start off, I mean, I don't think it was his best game. I don't think it was necessarily his worst game either. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's been he's been a little inconsistent. I feel like at times, you know, there's been games where he's by far the most dominant defenseman out there either by laying the body, like big hitter. He's a big guy, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, he was getting beat a little bit and yeah, like what we were saying, you know, 55 seconds left goalie pulled, you know, you you have a situation where you really just got to get that puck out and make a start, a strong defensive play. He takes a penalty. And I am trying to remember off the top of my head right now, exactly like what had gone on on that play. Mm. Um, But, I mean, you just – you can't – I mean, it was a hooking call from what I'm seeing on the box score. Like, that that's – you can't be doing that in such a – you know, you're up by one goal. Basically, you have Lowell pouring on the pressure. Like, they're fighting for their life essentially in the last minute of the game. And now to make it what's essentially going to be a six-on-four for the next 55 seconds, it's a stressful – you know, like, that's that's the last thing you want in that sort of situation. Like, you have to – you know, and who knows? maybe he could have saved a, that could have been a game-saving play. You know, he might have, somebody might have had a wide open net and he hooked him and said, all right, this is what I'm gonna have to do to make sure that they don't score. Fair enough, but in an ideal world, you don't even want to have to make that play to begin with. Right,
0: and I uh, just want to make sure everybody knows we have very high expectations of Matt Castle. That's why he gets this award. Maybe other guys wouldn't uh, get the nice try UMass award with this kind of performance, but uh we definitely think very highly of him, and definitely uh, know that he will uh, be better in the future. Uh, he's great, great player, great defenseman. So, uh, yeah, maybe just a little, little blip on the radar here for him. And uh, that that pow, that penalty that you that you mentioned with a minute left in the game kind of leads into our uh, our custom award that we're giving out. We are giving out the Barry Bonds Award, and I'll let you, Evan, detail right. that one.
1: So, yeah, basically. If you guys don't remember. So in, in that, I guess, six on four situation, we're just getting absolutely like hammered, just zone time galore. I mean, it's a six on four. It's basically a two man advantage. What can you do? We're basically just hucking the puck down the ice, praying that we can just get the thing out of the zone so they can reset. So they're not offsides And the pucks, basically over in the right-hand corner. You have at least four guys chipping at it, trying to get it the hell out of the zone and puck gets blipped up in the air maybe about 10 feet up in the air, you see Bobby just – he didn't even look at the puck, I don't think. He literally just spun around. If he had hit a person, he probably would have got a five-game suspension. (laughs) He literally just cranked this thing out of the park, like hands choked up on the stick, just going full Barry Bonds mode and just waxed that thing out of the zone. And it was – i (laughs) it's a Hall of Fame-level play, in my opinion. (laughs) But, I mean, I don't think it's going to get the recognition that it deserves. Like, nobody – you know, it it was an amazing – just home run swing essentially, and I think that's why we're going to call it the Barry Bonds award for this for this one, the <laughs> Hall of Fame level play, not getting the recognition it deserves. And it was a great baseball swing,
0: right? Yeah, no steroids if, uh... involved
1: either in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if anybody
0: doesn't doesn't understand the reference, Barry Bonds, uh, most home runs all time in baseball definitely uh, has the stats to be called the best player of all time. But uh, his his rumored use of steroids has. Uh, made a lot of Hall of Famer. Hall of Fame voters uh, kept him out of the Hall of Fame after his full time on the ballot. So yeah, uh, I think Evan was making the comparison uh, a Hall of Fame play that doesn't get the the recognition
1: it deserves. Yeah, we we definitely understand other sports, So we're not just a UMass hockey. <laughs> we're not pigeonholing ourselves. We definitely right. have some other uh, some other sports that we can talk about as well.
0: Right. Yeah. So uh, that's about it for for our our game recap. I don't know if you have anything else that you want to touch on, Evan.
1: No, I think most of the things that I wanted to touch on have been pretty well. I mean, I guess the last thing would just be, this is a hell of a win. You know, Absolutely. Like having, having a three-game slide, you know, like what could have potentially happened if we lost tonight would have, would have been a real gut punch. Like, these are three pretty solid teams that we were playing against. Like, BU, you know, they've had their ups and downs this season, but overall, they're a pretty decent team. Providence, no slouches themselves, very solid team. And now Lowell, I mean, top of the standings for a reason right now. Right. But, and I mean, now I think we kind of got a little bit of momentum from this game. We're going to be, you know, I don't want to, you know, rag on the teams that we're coming up against, you know, and our, you know, just kind of suck if we lost and everybody's going to be making fun of us for this. But let's be real. LIU, newer program, probably not going to be too big of a of a challenge for us. I think we have the, you know, the skill and the the coaching there to kind of dispatch them pretty handily. I mean, Vermont... Mm. It's going to be, you know, Vermont's not amazing currently. I think they're towards the bottom of the standings. But, again, it's hockey. Anything can happen. But I'm feeling pretty confident about that series as well. And then BC. BC is looking not great so far. <laughs> like, you know, they they had very high expectations of them this season. Really haven't lived up to them whatsoever. They're getting scored on basically at will by every other team that plays against them. So I'm hoping we can kind of keep that Dynamic going where they can just kind of continue to just get pounded on by whoever's playing against them, and hopefully it'll be us.
0: Right, and yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I think I think
0: you said it best. UMass has a, a great opportunity to jump maybe into that top spot in the Hockey East standings before before the playoffs begin. And uh, speaking of Hockey East, just wanted to run through a little uh, out of town scoreboard for today. Um, take this with a grain of salt because it currently says. The UMass versus Lowell score was two to two final when it was four three. Interesting. Um, but uh, so what it says here is, BU played Providence in Boston and beat them five to two. Wow. And uh, currently, Quinnipiac and UConn are playing scoreless in the second period. So yeah, I think I think that's everything we have today. Happy to get a uh, a victory pod finally. Bit bit better vibes on here, and uh, hopefully we'll have a lot of that moving forward. I just want to say thank you to everybody for all of your support yesterday when we released the pod. We definitely did not expect um, everything that came our way on on Saturday, but uh, it was very much appreciated. And we hope you guys enjoy listening, enjoy listening to us. Uh, We definitely want to want to keep this coming for a while. So just thank you guys.
1: Yeah, no, just to jump onto that, I just wanted to extend my thanks as well. I mean, I was not expecting that sort of response, at least this early on. I mean, I I can really tell that you guys really kind of want this sort of content. Like, nobody else is really doing a straight-up podcast. Like, there's so many great guys on UMass Twitter right now that are kind of doing, you know, like, tweets and things of that. Like, you know, live tweeting during games, and they're unbelievable at it. But I think to have, like, a dedicated podcast where we can kind of do these sorts of game reviews, you know, it'll really fill, I think, a void you know, in, in UMass Twitter. And I'm happy that you guys are giving us so much support. I mean, it means a lot, it's really cool. I,
0: absolutely, yeah, and we, uh, every day that goes by, Evan and I are getting more and more ideas for the future of this pod, and it's really exciting. We, we're, we're gonna bring a lot of content to you guys and are very excited about it. And speaking of new content, um, sometime midweek, we are going to be dropping our arena review of the Songha Center. Um, go through certain categories, kind of give uh, our take on there. We were just there today. So um, should be a little bit shorter episode. Should be pretty fun. We're planning on doing that for every every OA uh, arena that we go to. So look out for
1: that midweek. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing that too. I mean, that's, I, I kind of, even before we started doing this podcast, I kind of had my own little like notes section in my phone where I've been trying to rate concessions and stuff at every arena that we go to. So it'll be nice to have its own little kind of, niche on the podcast I feel like it'll be yeah. really exciting you know what I mean because I feel like there's there's also a group of people on UMass Twitter that might not really go to away games a lot and I feel like having kind of these little reviews could at least give them at least an idea like before they go to the arena you know like maybe in a year or two like when we kind of do one of these episodes for every other you know away arena that we go to it'll at least you know they're not going into the arena blind you know what I mean like they kind of have an idea of what to expect and I think that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah, we go to away games all the time. If you are a
0: UMass fan that doesn't go to many away games, I definitely suggest it. That feeling of celebrating goals and celebrating a win, and in an away stadium, we just we just had it a couple hours ago. It's it's pretty unmatched, if I'm being honest. It feels really really good, especially in a place where we've been dominated for for years and years. So uh, yeah, maybe that could give you some suggestions on where you want to go. I think there will definitely be some surprises that you guys find as we go through through that series agreed yeah but uh I don't think I think that's about it uh thank you guys for listening uh have a great night go UMass go UMass take care everyone